0: Cerca di contrastarlo Juan con Jesus, il tocco di Esharawi, cerca il colpo di tacco, attenzione Nengolan, riesce a mantenere il possesso di palla, palla sulla destra verso Bruno Perez, avanza Samir davanti a lui, ancora Bruno Perez cerca spazio, il tocco è arretrato è arretrato per Strootman, lancia in area di rigore per Nengolan, tira, go, go, go! go! Hello again and welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm James Goodison and with me as always is Roma Press editor John Solano. Now we're coming off the dreaded international break and Roma will get right into it tomorrow. They face Napoli at home at the Stadio Olimpico. We'll certainly touch upon that, but also rewind a little bit all the way back to a fortnight ago when Roma beat Milan and then we'll be joined by Roma Press contributor Danielle Lissoni. Now, Roma-Napoli, a bit of a dreaded fixture. Napoli, of course, to those of you who follow Serie A, top of the table. 25 goals scored, 5 goals conceded. Uh, They've got Sari as their manager as well. They're looking, they're looking a lot stronger than they have in recent years, and I think this is the most likely year we'll see a winner of um, a winner of Serie A aside from Juventus. John, how do you expect this is going to play out?
1: So definitely a complicated fixture for Roma. Uh, I'm very, very, um, very, very nervous for, for what could be in store for them. Uh, just, you know, just simply because. because we've seen Napoli play some of the best football in all of Europe, uh, all leagues um, included. They play quick. uh, They're decisive in their movements. Their passing is phenomenal. They're just very concrete in what they do. So Roma, well, they're going to have their work cut out for them. They're really, really, really going to have to be strong in the midfield. That is something where if you don't dominate or not dominate even, if you don't control the midfield against Napoli, you have no chance whatsoever because each of those midfielders that they have plays a unique role uh, and they're all good in that certain role. So, You know, uh, Roma, they're going to be without uh, Kevin Stroatman, which is, in my opinion, a massive, massive loss just because he does some of the little things that, you know, tend to go unnoticed, uh, you know, in the match. He's all up and down the pitch. He tackles well. His sense of positioning is fantastic so him not being there really 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 worries me because against Napoli you have to have the runners in the midfield you have to have the guys that are willing to run up and down the pitch and Strootman does that so him not being there really worries me so I think Roma are really going to have a difficult time I, you know my initial thoughts were Roma would win this uh, be your typical high scoring match maybe 3-2 3-1 but now I'm I'm leaning more towards a draw, something like two-two. That would be my prediction. Obviously, it could go one way or the other. Just because you really don't know which Roma is going to show up. They've, you know, the last month they sort of turned a new page, so to speak, and they've they've been fantastic, quite frankly. But Napoli are just—they're high-flying. They play beautiful football and you know they're not missing anybody coming into this match besides milik and let's be honest he is a bench player now for them uh with the way mertens has come on he's been out of this world he's world class he's absolutely fantastic um and absolutely credit to Sadi for uh, moving him from more of a winger type role to more of a centralized number nine position uh, he's been absolutely fantastic but You know roma they you know in recent years we've really seen them um in matches like this they do tend to play a little bit better they played well against milan they won away at napoli last season in in a 3-1 result and now granted they, they didn't play good football in that match but they got the result that's all that matters so I'm, I'm curious to see the mindset that they come out with, uh, you know, Roma always gets criticized for, you know, sort of the character that they bring to certain matches and the lack of character that they don't have another. So they're absolutely going to have to have everything this weekend against Napoli that you cannot put a foot wrong against them, especially, especially at the back. They are just so quick, and their movements are so decisive that if you're caught out, they, they make you pay. I mean, James, wouldn't you agree that they play... I mean, we can at least agree, everyone, I, I would think. I, I haven't seen really many other people disagree with this, but wouldn't you think that, you know, you have to agree they at least play some of the most dangerous, uh, you know, aesthetically pleasing football and arguably all of Europe?
0: I, I, I totally agree with you, John. I think that they play arguably the best... The best football in Europe, um, you know, Sari Ball is 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 something that's um, that's not appreciated within sort of at least British football fans as much as it should be, um, and that's also um, hopefully going to change next week because we talk about this fixture and how it's such a big game. Um, You know, I think that you can say that the two favourites for the title are Juventus and Napoli and if Roma want to be in there and make a push then they need to get a result from this game but both teams face uh, English clubs in the Champions League just a couple of days afterwards so it'd be interesting to see where everybody's priorities lie in terms of uh, who they play um, who makes the team sheet etc because of course Roma face Chelsea and Napoli face Manchester City which I think is going to be an absolutely fantastic match. I can't wait for that one.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I'm sure, I mean, you could even attest to this, but uh, Napoli almost play sort of an English style of football. Very quick. Uh, they play vertical, sort of like what Di Francesco asks uh, from his Roma, but they're not at that point yet. But Wow. Uh, Yeah, Napoli are high-flying. They play just some of the most aesthetically eye-pleasing football in all of Europe. So Roma are going to have their work cut out for them. But as you said, you almost wonder, and they asked uh, Napoli midfielder Alanis, um, actually today in uh, Corriere dello Sport. um, You know, they asked him, are are you looking ahead to the match city and you know per, could this match against Roma um, perhaps be sort of a quote unquote trap match for them and he reiterated that it, it's not their focus is completely on Roma so let's just hope that they put a foot wrong this is not going to be a simple match this is this is going to be their most difficult fixture to date well I, I guess you could throw the one against Atletico in there but i mean there's just so much individual quality that is going to be on the pitch that roma are really going to have to find a way to temper that and for me it's all going to start at the back you're going to have dries mertens you're going to have monolas someone is going to have to stop mertens and Manolas is going to have to be that guy he's been the best defender for roma so far this season He's gotten back to his form. Uh, you know, I, I think everybody would agree he was horrendous last season. So he's really gotten back up to his level. So, if Roma have any chance of getting a result against Napoli, Manolas is going to be is going he's going to have to be the man that sort of leads the charge, so to speak, because. You know, just across that front line in the midfield, Napoli are just so, so, so strong. And they have so many options. They have so much speed. And they just have so much technical and tactical quality that, like I've been saying, if you put a foot wrong, they make you pay. They absolutely make you pay. And the thing about Napoli, which is sort of tricky, is they are absolutely fantastic in all phases. If you want to hold the ball against them, they are just lethal on the counter attack. So I, I really hope Di Francesco sort of comes in with uh, an approach to where he's not relying on one, you know, just one means of having to get a result. You're going to have to be flexible against Napoli. You're going to have to, uh, you can't just be dead set on on one approach. You have to be, uh, you know, you have to be willing to hold the ball. You have to be willing to play on the counter. you, you have to be smart in possession. They they are just one of the most fantastic teams in Europe, and I, and I hate to say that because they're such a huge rival against Roma, um, and it pains me to say just how good they are. Um, it, but it's great for the league. This is going to be a fantastic match, sort of like the one that we saw, you know, a couple of weeks ago with Milan, um, with Milan and Roma. But. Just a, a prediction for me, you know, I'll, I'll go the the conservative route, so to speak. I'll say a draw two two. James, what do you think?
0: I think I think we should be happy with any kind of draw. To be honest with you, um, sure, I think yeah. That, but I think I think Napoli might prove a bit too much for us at the weekend. Um,
1: That's fair. That yeah. I mean, a lot of people are going that way. I mean, they've they haven't put a foot wrong all season. They, I mean, their goal difference after seven matches, I mean, is twenty, which is just incredible. Yeah. So it's they're amazing. they're fantastic. Yeah, it's it's incredible. There's there's no doubting that at all. But
0: when, when what, how long ago was it now that Roma won the first ten games in a row? That was like three oh, years was, ago now, wasn't it?
1: it right, two two thousand 2014. Yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, granted, this might be Napoli's most um, tricky encounter, so to speak, up to this point. But we'll just have to see how it plays out. There, there. I mean, there's no doubting their quality at all. There's not. But um, Roma, they're playing at home. Uh, they'll have uh, the advantage of the fans on their side. So hopefully, hopefully, they'll uh, they'll be able to nick something off of off of Napoli. But let's rewind a little bit to Milan match uh, almost a couple weeks ago now what did you make of it james i you know a lot of people i saw a lot of um a lot of analysis on twitter directly after the match and i, I had to have been in the mon- minority in this but i saw a lot of people saying uh roma didn't really play well it was more a result of milan making a lot of mistakes roma taking advantage of the mistakes i completely disagreed with that I, I thought Roma dominated the midfield I thought they conceded next to nothing to Milan uh, to me th- really their only chances uh, their only opportunities of scoring a goal came on uh, deflected balls when Bonucci had that one on the corner kick uh, Kessie had another deflection that didn't really challenge Alisson but nonetheless it was a shot so I, I don't know maybe maybe I interpreted it much differently than the majority of people I mean what was your what were your thoughts on it
0: well I, I remember before the game when we did uh, the podcast then we both agreed that if there was ever a time to play this Milan side it was now um, coming off like that Europa League match and not I mean we actually recorded it before the Europa League match but regardless right? just you know looking a bit dodgy Banucci's not settled um, and I think that in terms of the game, yeah, um, maybe Milan's chances came from you know um, some defensive, uh, some worrying defensive stuff. But I, I, you know, I mean, you've got to take it as a win, simple as that, because that that team is one of the Agreed. one of the five or six that will be pushing for the four Champions League spots. So this is a big, big win, and uh, you know, I think that if Napoli, if the game against Napoli on uh, on the weekend is the you know, is a way of saying whether Roma are going to be challenging for the Scudetto or not. In the same way, that game against Milan was to show that Roma are still one of the bigger clubs, uh, one of the stronger clubs in Serie, and you know uh, that that we can actually reach the Champions League. So I, I I don't think you can undersell how important that result was. I don't think you can undersell it at all. And especially with the game in hand, the game in hand is something that we really need to to keep our eye on as well. Um, because yeah it's, I, it's I agree a strange strange position to be in this early on um, but yeah you know uh, I, I don't think you can underestimate how how big a game that was and good performance or no obviously has divided a lot of opinion you just got to be happy with the result
1: um, yeah you know, ab- absolutely I you know my whole takeaway from it was you know I, I had mixed feelings about sort of the entire match but One of my biggest thoughts was I I couldn't really get a read as to whether, and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on this, you know, after Milan had that, I would say, I mean, you know, most would agree it was a pretty strong transfer market. I saw a lot of people putting them as a for sure candidate for the top four Champions League spots. Now, whether or not, the match two weeks ago really changes that i don't really agree it's one match still early in the season but i i almost wondered at one point if the majority of people fans media included if they were just too quickly to overrate that milan or if montella is just that not poor i don't want to say but perhaps he's not up to it to be a milan's level or if maybe people were underrating Roma and selling short the quality that they still have at the club, even though they sold Salah, even though they sold Rüdiger. I didn't really know what to make of it. I think maybe it's all of those factors combined into one. I, you know, just in the summer, it was really, really, really bizarre to me because, yes, Roma sold two important players I I thought Monchi had a good market Milan brought in a ton of quality but they kept Montella who I think is a good manager I don't think he's up to the level of Milan but I mean what, what did you think of that do you think it was more of Roma being better than what people may have thought or was it Milan being worse than people may have initially thought and perhaps overrated them a bit
0: um I, d- I don't think you can you can say Milan were, were overrated. I don't. I think that it's a tough game, regardless of of you know form or anything else. You know, it's it's Milan. Yes, they're gelling. Yes, etc. 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 But their quality is is above the majority of teams in in the league. And to add to that, I, I wonder whether some Roma fans have got a bit. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know how to put this, but the fact that we beat Milan quite you know quite um quite a lot of the recent encounters that we've had maybe that has something to do with it I think this is a huge result and you can't you can't take away from that
1: I think it's a massive result I you know, I saw a lot of analysis sort of uh, sort of like you know I, I said before but it seemed to me that and again this is just my opinion after the transfer market after the summer I saw so many people just willing to write off Roma so quickly and to me it was bizarre I mean yeah I obviously I'm biased Roma fan I, I report on the club I write about the club obviously if someone if someone criticizes a club to a point where I think it it almost turns into hyperbole obviously I'm going to react obviously I'm going to defend them a little bit but I, I I didn't see before the match. I didn't see a whole lot of people saying Roma will win. I didn't see a lot of people saying, you know, Roma are at the level of this Milan. I all season to me it seems that uh, Milan has been pegged ahead of Roma by the majority of people. Now, granted, they've changed a lot—new ownership, uh, a lot of new players in the market—that. You obviously have to take that into account, but player for player, I, I still think, and again, obviously I'm biased, but I still think just from a quality standpoint that Roma are better than Milan. Now, I people are going to disagree with that, but I mean, do you? is that what you think too, James? Or do you think it was Roma were better on the night, they got Milan at an opportune time and they got the result they needed?
0: I think that... I think that both Milan and Roma are going through transitions in the sense that um, Milan more so than Roma, but both have got new managers in, in sort of the summer. Um, both have brought in new players. Milan especially with the amount of money they spent over summer. So I'd say that the latter are more in transition than Roma are. Having said that, Roma's pre-season and the first couple of performances were very wobbly. I I feel like put it this way, I feel like we're in the reverse fixture um, in the new year. I think Roma will still be the stronger team. I think that that's, I think that's the bottom line. Maybe next year it will change, but I think that Milan fans and perhaps other people should just, you know, realise that they, they've they got to bed this team in, they've got to add new players in uh, because their work's not done yet. Next year, I think they will be a full force. At the moment, they're, they you know they're getting there but i think roma are, are still stronger and we need to make investments and you know and uh, make sure we're on the right track so we can stay in front of them quite simply
1: i agree so we'll move to something now that milan don't have to worry about which is the champions league that was my <laughs> one and only shot at them um, so next week roma have chelsea you will be there you will be in attendance you will be reporting for us i will I you I will admit I watch a Premier League. Um, I'm sure you watch it far more than I do. Um, we should be expecting nothing from this, right? I mean if you a draw would be um, from a Roma fans perspective, uh, borderline uh, miracle,
0: right? Yes. yes, I do agree with that um but there there is some things that that I can perhaps lighten your heart with firstly Morata um he's out at the weekend they play tomorrow against Crystal Palace easy should be an easy game for them um who, who people who don't follow the uh Premier League Palace haven't scored a goal in the league this season they are bottom with zero points uh it's not really looking good for them at the moment uh so they've got that game to worry about first, and yeah, but their sights will be set, and I'm sure Conte's eyes will firmly be set on the uh, midweek fixture against Roma. Now, Murata, I don't know what you know what his prognosis is, but he's definitely out for Saturday. So one can assume that if he does play a part against Roma, it won't be a full-force Juventus Murata that we uh, that we sort of encountered over the last couple of years. Chelsea, Chelsea are in a bit of a strange situation at the moment They Conte um, over the summer I think had a big issue with buying players they didn't right. a, a, one popular theory that I subscribe to is that Abramovich's interest in Chelsea hasn't Left, but certainly waned since they won the Champions League because that was really what he was driving towards all the time the fact that they'd never won it the fact that they uh, that he wanted to get there they picked up all the other trophies along the way and then they picked up the Champions League uh, with Di Matteo about six years ago I think now Um, so because of that I don't think that they invested as much as clubs like City and United did and there were targets that were missed out on the key thing with Chelsea last year is because they weren't in European competition, they didn't have to rotate their team much at all. And therefore, right. pretty much only had 38 games to worry about, cup games aside, of course. So, I don't think they brought in enough people to bolster the squad enough to make a deep run into Europe. Having said that, they're still incredibly strong. But we've had the international break. I mean, who knows? I think I, I, I'm pr- I I'm, I'm going to be going to Stamford Bridge and... Pretty much assuming that I think Roma are going to lose, but I also want to remind you of the last time Roma came to England to play a Champions League game against Manchester City, which ended up being an absolutely, you know, electric night. Uh, A two-all draw in the end, I believe. Totti with that wonderful, wonderful chip over Joe Hart. Um, he loves getting chipped as well. Perlo would agree, yes. especially by Italians. But
1: mm-hmm. um, not definitely have to
0: worry about that anymore. He's at West Ham, and we're not going to be in the uh, Champions League. Your club, soon, that's don't. right. But, yeah. That's right. So, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I don't I don't really want to write anything off. But I would say that if you're playing against European, like an English competition, uh, an English team, and I mean you don't exactly want the manager of that team to be the guy who pretty much curb stomped on Serie A for 3 years. So right. It's I expect a Chelsea win. I'll be very surprised if there's anything else, but I don't think that we should completely totally write it off because Chelsea Chelsea are in a bit of a weird place at the moment as well. And um I think that's worth that's worth noting down. Having said that, yeah, I reckon. I reckon we might we might uh, lose here. Really, our attention also should just be focused on Atletico and Karabak because that's a big game. Um, let's see if Karabak can upset uh, them at all in any way. We'd love that. They all, that sort of team yeah. always seems to upset one person. So we'll see. Di Francesco will have to um, will have to will have to pull some uh, tactical adjustments out. I think, but we'll, we'll wait and see. I, I I imagine Chelsea will win. Um, but who knows effectively i'm not i'm not going into it i guess i am going into it as a pessimist but a light-hearted pessimist i think sure um we'll have to wait and see but i'm really looking forward to going there it'll be great to um to see roma in action for the first time this season and uh i guess we'll have to wait and see how it goes
1: yeah i i'll i'm the exact same way i'd not really much more to add to that it um a draw, a miracle. Um, I, I don't even know if Roma won. What you, you would even call that? That goes above and beyond divine intervention. Um, I, I can't really add more than, you know more to what you said. <laughs> they, you have to go into it expecting the worst, and that's essentially the approach I'm going to take. I, I'm not expecting anything. However, I, I don't want to see. A six-two. I don't want to see a seven-one. Yeah,
0: that's literally. The thing. Yeah, that, that's literally all I'm asking. Horrendous. Just don't.
1: Yeah, right. Right. Don't. Don't embarrass the club. Don't embarrass the shirt, and don't affect your goal difference to the point that you can. And totally. If 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 Roma are tied on points, God forbid, with you know uh, one between Chelsea and Atletico to to advance obviously goal difference mid-headers and a disastrous pounding like they've taken in the past uh, to Bayern to uh, Barcelona to United that would effectively kill any hopes you would have at a tiebreaker so if you can't win that's fine i'm you know nobody's expecting that do not embarrass yourselves do not affect the goal difference that's really all we're asking um, let me take that back
0: all uh, I'm asking we didn't win an away game for three years before we played Carabag so maybe the tides are turning in Europe maybe we won't see um, a massive (laughs) massive like hemorrhage oh yeah uh, yeah maybe who knows you might be right we're forever the optimists here on the Roma Press podcast We'd now like to welcome Roma Press contributor Daniel Lassoni onto the podcast. You can find Daniel on Twitter at Lassoni underscore Daniel. Hello, Danny. How are you doing?
2: How are you guys? I'm doing well.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So it's still early days in the season. But from your your opinion, your standpoint, what have you thought of DiFrancesco Francesco so far?
2: Um, so far, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I wasn't really against his um, appointment in the summer, um, but you know, I actually wanted someone else. I wanted maybe Unai Emery or someone like that. But um, I w- I've been pleasantly surprised so far. Um, I suppose the only result that really wasn't that great was the Inter um, defeat. And I thought up till you know their first goal, we actually played a perfect game, and. He was maybe a bit naive in the second half of that game, but uh, I think he learned from it. And, um, yeah, so far pleasantly surprised. I think he hasn't been as uh, attacking as maybe most of us expected, or, you know, we thought this was just like a Zeman prodigy or something something like that. But actually, he's been really well-balanced, I would say. It's a really well-balanced team. Um, the defense looks decent. Uh I think he can still get more out of the midfield and that's maybe an encouraging thing that the midfield and attack can both improve and so yeah it should be good
1: i'm right there with you i thought he i thought when roma initially uh, appointed him i thought that the club and especially him took a lot of unnecessary stick along with monchi so i've seen a lot of criticism thrown his way because of the summer he had you know i try and reiterate that it was his first summer it was you know he didn't really have a chance to perhaps scout the guys that he wanted so he really wasn't able to put his imprint on the summer which i mean when you're on twitter um in the world of 140 characters and retweets that uh, you know logic sort of gets thrown to the wayside but what do you make of Munchie and in his first summer? Um, I mean, obviously, most people know which side I stand on. I, I don't know how in the world you can make any sort of criticism his way. Are you are you in that boat, or do you think maybe some of the criticism he received was, was fair and warranted?
2: Um, so far, I think he's been great, and um, I thought the summer business was really sensible. Every move had a had a reason, and um, it wasn't really like. The days of Sabatini who you know at one time I was really a fanboy I would say of Sabatini but um, it wasn't really like one of those Sabatini summers where a lot of um, uh, low quality players filled up the rest of the roster you know we always had like strong 11 but we had some really weak um, uh, depth signings but now I think like we have a lot of depth I think the only thing that's hurt us is some of the injuries because if we didn't have the injuries you know we would have a really strong left back, you know, with color of Emerson and right back too with Karstop and uh, Bruno Perez and Florenzi, like a lot of options at right back. Um, You know, some of the criticism that I saw was that we didn't spend enough at center back. And um, maybe that's the case. You know, people were expecting the big replacement for Rudiger, but um, from what I understand, he's never really been one to spend on center back. So, um, I'm kind of with him, and he has all the experience and pedigree and trophies at Sevilla. So, you know, in some ways, his reputation speaks for itself. And to me, everything was sensible. And now we have a squad with a lot of depth. I think.
1: I completely agree. And one more thing. So, I th- there was this graphic floating around. Maybe I, I don't know if you saw it four or five days ago, um, and it was basically a figure of the greatest gaps in the transfer market this past summer between fee paid and the estimated value of certain players. And it was absolute garbage. It was something you'd expect to see in a football manager or FIFA. But uh, a lot of people, they were using this as sort of like ammo to go at Monchi, which I thought was absolutely insane. But the biggest criticism, and I I guess I'm open to it, Was that he undersold Mohamed Salah. Now, I come back with that with, well, Salah was sold before the market went totally crazy. Salah was sold before 30th of June, which is when uh, Roma had to make a huge sale by. He was sold before the Neymar Madness, the Mbappe Madness. I thought, you know, he was sold for 50 million euros total, in my opinion. Um, I, I didn't see anyone in the at the beginning of the summer saying that was an unfair fee. Um, a lot of people are saying uh, he undersold now, but that's two, three months after the fact. W- what do you think about his sale of Salah? Did he undersell Salah or do you think it was a fair fee at the time?
2: Um, at the time, I guess you would have to say it was a very fair fee. And I suppose the big point is, like you say, having to sell before financial fair play, um, the accounting year closed, so the only other option would have been to have sold, you know, Manalas to Zenit and then, you know, done Sala later in the window, but you couldn't really have predicted that the transfer market was just going to blow up like it did, and um, I I mean, I suppose if we had waited, we would have maybe got 10 to 15 million more, maybe 20, but, you know, no one can predict that that was going to happen, and... Like you say, at the time, I didn't see anyone. I don't. Why? Well, yeah, I just I don't think I saw anyone complain about Salah going for fifty million euros. You know. No.
0: no. I, I, I had. I have to I mean, jump in and
2: say something here. The yeah. fact that people can,
0: people who can go at the end of transfer window, see how much the um, prices of players have changed because of the Neymar madness and the Mbappe madness, like you say, and then look back to the start of the window and say. Salah was undersold. That's ridiculous. You may as well go back and say Zidane to um, Real Madrid was undersold. It's it's just right. if completely different. Make, if Roma need to make a sale, and if the transfer market is how it is, then you sell. Sure, it's like it's bad luck that that's the way it went, but you can't you can't criticise Monchi for having to make the sale, not foreseeing that a, a, effectively a nation would spend. Close to 200 million pounds on on one player. Right, you know it's. I I think that's. I think it's a ridiculous criticism to level at him. I think you've got to criticise him on the players he brings in and how how they adapt and whether they were good value for money. I don't think you can criticise him on. Yeah, but the market value was different two months afterwards from when he sold him. And also, I don't. I don't think that sitting on Salah let's say we sold manolas instead and we got the money for him and i think to be fair in the you know if manolas was sold at the start and then this neymar stuff happened i don't think people would be looking back and saying manolas went went for too little or whatever i, d- I just think that it's Salah because of his importance and etc 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 but i don't think that post neymar we would have liverpool would have bid like 60 65 million for, for Salah I don't think if he would have gone he wouldn't have gone to to Liverpool in that case and I, I don't know who else would have been fishing for him then and whether we would have got more money anyway so I think that that was the right decision I and I don't like it when criticism's aimed in in that way I think it's I think it's just stupid
1: no and I mean the people are saying this two three months after the fact of Salah performing well I here comes a, a brag but I so I went on Liverpool TV um like right after uh, right after the sale happened and I said that everybody won in this in this operation. The uh, Roma won, they got a big fee um, Salah won, he got bigger wages, Liverpool won because they got a really big, big, big important player. So you know after after I said that, I, I kid you not. I had at least ten to fifteen people tell me, well, the fee is outrageous. Um, you know, fifty million uh, euros for a player who f- uh, the biggest one I got was he flopped at Chelsea, which is absolutely absurd. Um, and uh, between the flop at Chelsea and the fee, I had people telling me Salah was worth no more than thirty. So uh, to to rewind, to have this revisionist history, which is absolutely ridiculous um is a criticism towards Monchi that i i just can't i can't get on board with I, I don't think that's fair whatsoever i nobody would have predicted what would have happened with neymar can we all agree on that i mean nobody saw that coming yeah so to to, to equate anything done before that to anything done after that is just i, I mean absurd i mean james I mean, you can attest to this. I mean, look at some of the deals that happened in England after that. I mean, uh, Sigurdsson went for what was it, 60, 65 million yeah. euros? Yeah, exactly. I, 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 absurd, absurd, absolutely absurd. And he's half the player that uh, Salah is. So, I, I just think it's. I look think at, it's look, absolutely like, I mean, look absurd. Look
0: at some of the, some of the highest signings. Um, I mean, if you rule out like Lukaku and stuff like that, because I believe that was that was. Sort of early doors, but do you know how many clubs beat, broke their transfer record this season in the Premier League? It was, I think, I think it was like fifteen. Fifteen broke their transfer record. It's you know, and you, I mean, Benjamin Mendy, fifty-two million to Manchester City. It's your Carl Walker, fifty million early doors. I know, but it's just you can't. I, I'm, I, I, I shudder to think what it's going to be like next year. Because, I mean, that was halfway through the transfer window. I can't, I mean, we've got the normal January where like there'll be one big signing and probably not too much else, but I can't imagine what it's going to be like next year because now all all the clubs will be just demanding. It's just like FIFA career mode money at this point.
1: Right. It's ridiculous.
0: Right. It's ridiculous.
1: I agree. Um, so anyway, to the pitch, um, Danny, the, the match against Milan important result in my opinion i don't i thought uh, roma they actually performed really well what did you make of that was it was it a important result in the fact that milan is still a really 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 good club and playing away there is never easy or do you think it was just more of um, cuz james and i had this debate do you in my opinion, I, I feel like maybe some people are, uh, had the tendency to perhaps overrate Milan in the summer, um, and maybe they're just not as good as we initially thought. I mean, what do you, in terms of just impact of the total result against Milan, uh, what do you think, Danny? Um,
2: going into going into the game, I was a bit worried that we would maybe not come away with a win because I thought if we got a draw, it would be a bit of a set us back a bit you know you want that momentum going off into the break and uh, I thought we might not get the result and um, ultimately I you know after the game against Milan I saw on Twitter I saw hundreds of Milan fans who in my opinion just didn't watch the same game as me and thought they had dominated Roma Um, the first half was pretty much the most boring football I had seen really from Roma in a while Mm -hmm. um, I agree but in the second half we we killed the game and this Milan team to me is, um, they've got some good players like Kese and um, obviously Bonucci, but um, yeah, Bonucci had a pretty bad game actually if I remember correctly and the problem with me is someone, uh, Roma fan said it to me a couple of weeks ago, they said that most of the signings that Milan did make, albeit good signings, none of them have really played in a, a major team that has won anything and that can be said about a few players in Roma's team, sure. But um, you know, you got Bilia and Kesse and uh, and uh, Donnarumma are still young and what have you. And they haven't really. They, I don't think Milan went out and bought top players, but they they could. I mean, they could always develop into something. I just don't. It's always a question mark, you know. It looked good. It looked good business in the summer, but um, you know, you would think with Romagnoli and Bonucci, but you would think they would do better. And um, I'm not sure what it is. It might just be a, it might just be a combination of the manager not getting the most out of it. But also, I do think ultimately that Roma, Napoli and Juventus are ahead of Milan. And if I was a Milan fan, I wouldn't be too upset either at the same time. Um, I think they have a decent team that will need another summer maybe if they have the money. I'm not sure where they're getting it from, but if they have the money to add to it. But uh so on on one hand, if I was a Milan fan, I wouldn't be too upset. And if I was a Roma fan, I wouldn't talk down the victory too much. I think it was a very strong victory. But, yeah. you know, it's the test is, uh, is tomorrow against Napoli, I would say.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that Napoli game, Danny. What do you think about it for Roma? John and I were saying <clears throat> that obviously they play some of the best football in Europe. Um, and whereas the last match against Milan was effectively a, a test to see whether Roma would be one of the teams qualifying for the Champions League, this can pe- perhaps be seen as a test on whether Roma actually have any title credentials this season.
2: So, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. And um, I think a lot of neutral fans were maybe writing Roma off for the Scudetto. And although it is early days, I I think we have a good chance, and I think you know, uh, I think Juventus have won now what six straight titles. So you would think it, by every title they win, the next season's chance of them winning it again becomes becomes much less. Um, I suppose uh, the only problem tomorrow is from what I from what I've seen, Napoli have pretty much a full strength team. Um, besides Milik, who's out for long. But Roma are missing, you know, De Frel, we're missing Schick, we're missing um, Strutman and Al Sharawi, I think, those are all of them. And Karsdorp is only expected to make the bench. And obviously Perotti is still coming back from an injury, but he will be available. So Roma have a pretty um, pretty thin team at the moment. And I just wonder if it'll be enough because up front you're going to have to have Jacob, Florenzi and Perotti start the game. And in midfield... Nangolan, De Rossi, and Pellegrini. But that being said, I suppose Nainggolan and De Rossi and Pellegrini all didn't go to the international week. Um, Nainggolan for not being selected, but the other two for some minor niggles. But um, I would say actually, you know, I think Kevin Stroopman hasn't been the best performing midfielder so far. And actually, I have enjoyed Pellegrini. So I'm not too sure that's such a big miss. But we do have a bit of a thin team uh, tomorrow. And so, uh, a draw, a draw, a draw could be fine. I'm not sure we'll win it because, you know, like you guys say, Napoli are playing really beautiful football at the moment and one of the best attacking teams in the league. But they also have the strange thing where I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really convinced Napoli are that strong of a contender for the Scudetto. There's something about them that I just don't think will last the distance. Um, so it, it, it'll basically, I think it'll just depend on Roma's midfield. If we can dominate their midfield, we'll be fine. But if they overrun us, especially if Juan hears his plays, um, I'm afraid it could be it could be a difficult, uh, difficult match.
0: Right, well, that's all we've got time for on the Roma Press podcast. Remember, you can find uh, Daniel on at Lissoni underscore Daniel on Twitter. Thanks very much for joining us, Danny. Always a pleasure. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll uh, have some reaction from the Roma-Chelsea game. Also make sure to check out our Twitter feed during that time because I'll be posting some photos and other such things as the game goes on. Make sure to subscribe. See you next week.